Hello and welcome to episode 7 of POI Podcasts. I am your host, Alexander Dennis, and today the topic is British culpability in Yemen. The current situation in Yemen is an unmitigated disaster. According to the UN, 24 million are in need of humanitarian assistance, including over 12 million children. The reason for this suffering? Civil war. Embattled since 2015, Yemen is split into two camps. The Houthi, backed by Iran, and the government of President Hadi, supported by a coalition led by Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia and its coalition have relentlessly bombed Yemen with the aim of supporting their man Hadi. The link to Britain is here. Britain has supplied over £6 billion worth of arms to Saudi Arabia, and it has also helped train Saudi pilots. Thus, our central question is, is there Yemeni blood on British hands? This week, I'm joined by Max Anderson of the Liberal team, Kieran Burt of the Conservatives, and Evan Saunders of Labour. Max, as we're working from a Liberal article, I'd like to start with you. Is it immoral for Britain to sell arms to Saudi Arabia? You know, it, it, that's a generally quite hard question. Um, you know, it's, it's always been a policy of most first world countries to sell arms to lesser nations. Uh, and Saudi Arabia are a big buyer. The, the biggest problem here, though, is that despite the fact that they're using it to obviously bomb uh, citizens, is outrageous. And the fact that we haven't stopped that um, and we've only continued to increase supply to train their troops better it, you know it's it's there, there's no excuse for it quite frankly and the fact that it continues um up until today is I, frankly i can't believe it that the british government is still going ahead with this okay um evan what is, what's your opinion uh not too much different to be honest although i think i i do differ from max in that sadly i can completely believe that the government is willing to engage in this sort of behavior and has been for so long. You know, you're going to see a lot of posturing from right wing sources saying that it's, you know, a tactical necessity and that we have to support Saudi because the alternative is worse. If you look across the world at how we've enabled right wing regimes and abuses of civil liberties, we see that, you know, playing this sort of role doesn't work. It doesn't prevent, you know, Chinese, uh, deportation of Uyghur Muslims. It doesn't prevent horrible abuses of civil rights in other countries, and it hasn't prevented any of the just frankly staggering suffering in Yemen. You know, mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. to stop. And Kieran, of course, as the Conservative representative, how do you view the, the government that you support? Um, I think that the selling arm to Saudi Arabia, ultimately, yes, the way they're being used is questionable. But I think that it is right to support uh, our allies and also the businesses selling the arms as well. So you feel that the uh, the economic role that sister, uh, companies like BAE Systems play is important to support and thus we should sell arms to Saudi Arabia, for example? Uh, yes, I think it is. Um, like The deal uh, with Saudi Arabia is what is supporting PA systems, PA systems and keeping them in business. Um, so without that, it's possible that they would lo- uh, obviously collapse and you'd lose 83,000 jobs. So, I'd love to jump right back in there and go back at those three points. Um, I think they're pretty obvious 
from you know the article. I do think it was well written, but obviously I disagree with the conclusions immensely. Uh, I also disagree with what you just said there. Use the word questionable, Kieran, as if there's any sort of question as to the magnitude of human suffering currently going on in Yemen. There's no question. We just need an answer. You also talked about our quote unquote allies in the Middle East. Oh, Saudi Arabia how proud we are to support them. You know, a country that we ourselves have imposed sanctions on senior figures, a country that killed Jamal Khashoggi in effectively broad daylight. Are these the allies we really want in the Middle East or in a, across the world? And finally, you know, you talked about that white elephant for the, uh, for the Tory party, the economy. Oh, the economy. 82,000 or however many jobs you, you, you're mentioning jobs might be lost if we if only we could find a way to stop bombing civilians i don't care if those jobs are lost quite frankly yes we need a strong defense industry do we need that at the expense of staggering just shocking amounts of dead civilians absolutely not evan let's let's carry on let's pick up on that thread britain exports arms to 51 countries 22 of which are on our own human rights watch list should we cease arm trade with all countries that are questionable or should we go by a case-by-case scenario um, is that yes, going to be in which case i'll just step in yeah absolutely um, just very briefly then, so you don't hear too much of me obviously foaming at the mouth. Um, I'd like to say that I think this situation is very different. You know, I appreciate, you know, and Kieran might be surprised to hear this, I appreciate that arms dealing is a complex issue. It's a necessary evil. What we have to ask ourselves is where we draw the line. Yes, there may be a number of countries who we view with suspicion, but we still do business with, whether that's arms deals or otherwise. What we cannot do, what we absolutely must not enable is actively selling weapons to people who are unquestionably murdering civilians. It's a very different thing to have, you know, some areas of their politics that we find questionable, that we find disagreeable. This is not one of those areas. Okay, and Max? It's interesting that I think there's one really major point that we've got to make here is that there is a question with private military and private military companies, uh, private security companies in this country. BAE is a private security company. End of. You know, they're pretty much they're the modern day form of mercenaries. The impact that they are having across the world in, in not even just in Yemen. You know, you look at the impacts that it can have in Africa. You know, you go back, you look um across the world uh, we're trying to employ third world country mercenaries to come join and work for our, uh, for our major companies to help fight wars in Yemen for example to help train the troops you know South Africa is the most prominent mercenary country in the world for supplying top quality arms and services to the African countries that can then go to, that deal with civil wars and cause more harm and I think that itself is a really important question when assessing this, because the amount of money being spent by Saudi Arabia to employ private security and private military firms is huge. And the implications aren't just for the amount of money flowing into the UK through that method. It's, you've got to think of the amount of damage it's going to be doing around the world. And that is a serious question that the UK is responsible for and really needs to assess itself for. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Kieran, let's bring this back to you. Is is the crux of your argument the strategic necessity of having an ally in such a complex region like the Middle East? Is, is that why you would 
uh, still continue to sell arms, or is it another another argument that you have? Uh, that and yes, that and um, the economy economic uh, position of it of the A systems and other companies like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and would you would you can still continue to sell arms unreservedly, or would you would you would you pull back? Um, I think that would continue. Um, you know, it's it's hard to get balance right, um, but ultimately, I think the econ- economics of it uh, necessitate it, and especially when they're uh, citizens. Oh, KS, everyone employed by BA Systems, they've got employees in. Uh, I think forty different countries. Um, so it's a big uh, company. But I hope it's okay. I can butt in here, Alex. Is I mean, are you? Is it the economy that important that we're effectively just kill innocent people? Ben. What the Saudi Arabians do with the weapons is ultimately up to their discretion. But you know, they're, they're, yeah. but then if you if that, that's fine, but then you might as well start applying that to every single you know facet of life. There's no point funding the NHS because that costs us money, and it doesn't matter if we save people's lives. At the end of the day, it costs us money. So we can boost the economy by not funding the NHS and let's put it into something else. I mean, that's kind of you know that's kind of the point that you're making, isn't it? No, because ultimately the NHS is helping. Uh, British people and helping them get back to work um, and back to so it's necessary to spend money there I'd like to like to jump in here and just say I think you know Kieran look I understand that it's you, you feel that it's a complex situation but I really feel you've revealed your hands with what you just last said you mentioned that you know the NHS great example that Max uses we spend money to save lives why would we you know lose money to also save lives you said we do it for the sake of British people. And I think it ties right back into what you said in your article. The government must put citizens, companies, military and economy first. I think what you really meant to say there is that we need to put, you think that we need to put British citizens, British companies, the British military and economy first. Let's be honest, you don't really care about the the lives of, of the Yemeni who are suffering. You don't have no intention of seeing this conflict stop. You offered no conditions in your article. It seems that you're quite happy to continue taking this dirty money to allow the the suffering to continue. Turn a blind eye. No, um, it's important. I think it's important to also take steps to uh, help stop the war in Yemen. You know, we spent millions on humanitarian aid. I can't, I can't remember the exact figure. Um, but I think we should be working with the Saudi Arabians to work towards uh, stopping the war and stop suffering. Well, hold on, this... It's been, it, it's been half a decade, this... Kieran. Half a decade we've continued to sell arms to Saudi Arabia in a conflict they themselves said would only take a few weeks. Four years later, we have the worst humanitarian crisis on our hands. Yeah. Perhaps we do offer, what is it, 160 million pounds worth of aid. Compare that to the 6.4 billion revenue we've made 
the British economy is taken in as a result of our arms sales. It's a drop in the ocean, you know, and I don't see the British government, I don't see the Saudi Arabian government offering any solutions, and I don't see you offering any solutions to how and this is going I, to I hope itself. it's okay I can come in here as well. As you know, we've got to remember this war was effectively sorted out in 2015. The, the, the war had ended, that the, the, the Hadi government had left Yemen, you know, knowing that it had ultimately le- uh, lost. Um, it had lost support uh, for its austerity measures across Yemen. It, you know, it was in a horrible position. And unfortunately, you know, Salah, he was, Kate has been there for 33 years beforehand, but he, you know, people wanted him back. And, and, you know, the war had been finished. And guess what? Saudi Arabia, the moment that, you know, the Hadi government knocked on their door, they gave them a position to work from and they started bombing Yemen. And that's where this position has gone from. A semi-finished war and it's only been continued because of Saudi Arabia's actions, which has, again, been pushed by the UK and the US. I mean, you can't say that we're selling weapons to end the war. We're selling weapons to continue the war, because also at the same time, war is profitable. So it'd be brilliant for the UK for the, well, from what I, I can only make assumptions. But it must be actually somewhat beneficial for them to keep the war going then if it helps the economy. Max, would you then suggest that Britain pressure Saudi Arabia to stop the war? Oh, 100%. But at the same time, we're doing back, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to completely take out uh, the Houthi government. We, we're not going to stop. This is the whole entire attack on Iran these last couple of years has been purely to try and take out the major support for the Shia government. That's there. You know, Iran supports the Houthi government for that reason, because it's a, it's a Shia and has some, a lot of Sunni support, I must, must mention, but it is a Shia government. And all our intervention with Iran, you know, uh, stopping ships, you know, um, pushing major pressure on them, all boils down to US, well, it's mainly the US who are pushing it, but we're certainly not stopping them from doing it, uh, comes to trying to help the Hadi government win. This, the, I would say 90% of the problem. I'd step in there, Max, if I'm just being honest. I don't think it's as simple as that. I mean, I do sympathise... I don't sympathise with Kieran's argument at all, but I do sympathise mm. with the complexity of the situation. The Iranian government, as you're, you know, we've seen in the last few days even, is not a desirable government. I understand that choose any involvement in the Middle East is choosing between the lesser of two evils, but I think we have to assess the situation, very clearly say, what is the greater evil here? And it's the suffering of the Yemeni people. And as a result, the only solution is that the British government stops bifurcating its strategy imposing sanctions on some officials and then continuing to sell arms and speaks with one voice and says unequivocally we condemn the killing of civilians in yemen we will not sell to saudi arabia unless they can assure us that this will not continue and only then can we work forward to ensure some sort of solution yeah kieran come in here if you have anything to say Yes, so I believe that Saudi Arabia did offer ceasefire with the um, Houthis because of the coronavirus pandemic. However, that was ultimately rejected. Um, and also, you know, they're, they're, the human rights, they're taking steps to, uh, you know, um, reduce them because... Uh, the um, UN Secretary General, for example, uh, removed the coalition from the list of actors failing to protect children um, 
because of a de- de- decrease in the killing and maiming of children. So there are clearly being steps taken to uh, stop the murder of children. Well, that's very reassuring, isn't it? Well, they're taking steps. We're all, you know, we can we can end the debate there and, and trust that the Saudi government will not continue something it's been fervently pursuing for the last four years. You'll forgive me if I'm not quite as convinced by Saudi propaganda as you seem to be. No, this is um, the, the yes, UN Secretary General. The UN Secretary General, the UN, which has been immensely useful over the last four years in preventing this crisis. Um, I think, if I'm being perfectly honest, as much as I respect institutions like the UN, they can only work with the clear operation of key partners. The UK is one of those. We have an outsized influence, an unwelcome influence, as if you asked any of the Yemeni people on this area of the Middle East. And we need to step back and realise that what we're doing is enabling a continued proxy conflict for the sake of control of oil routes, which is in itself an outdated and ultimately degrading type of energy we have to, to to wash our hands figuratively and pretty literally of all of the this issue this as, as well i'd like to add is you know evan makes a really strong point here is that the un is only as powerful as the security council allow it to be and let's be honest the us and the uk are pretty much sitting there with sitting on their hands going well what do you want us to do there is a awful lot more they could be doing here and i mean to say it, it's words it's simply words that they've put out here you know and if they really thought they could be taking action they could have done it what four years ago they could really be trying you know what eight years ago since this has started to happen eight nine years ago they could have made action to only now be saying oh we might be doing to try and stop to try and help children you know it's it's too late the, the blood is on our hands now. We really have to try and help fix this. This is this is purely caused by us selling arms to Saudi Arabia and not condemning them. And you know, I, I I'm shocked to say that the that you think that the economy is more important than lives. So that's not what the government's there for. You know, the the government's there to help the economy. But at the end of the day, its sole focus is not making sure the economy is stable. Otherwise, people just turn into numbers. They're no longer people. They're just numbers. And that's, you know, a very dangerous path to start going down when you think the economy is only numbers, not people. OK, I'm just going to jump in. One last topic, and I think we should, we should wrap up. Just to play devil's advocate, um, BAE Systems is the principal culprit, obviously, in this conversation. It's also the biggest manufacturer in Britain. If we did stop supplying the Saudis, which seems to be the consensus between two of us, um, they would simply change suppliers and Yemenis would go on dying anyway. Is the culpability ultimately uh, Saudi culpability or is our part in this just as bad as what the Saudis are perpetrating in in Yemen? Um, Evan, how do you feel about that devil's advocate stance? Well, yeah, I mean, I do see that argument. And I think it comes back to something I said earlier. I mentioned the example of China. Um, One of the big rhetorics that was everywhere in the 90s after the fall of the Berlin Wall, the fall of communism, was that this idea that trade was a liberalizing force. And if only we opened our borders and made, as Kieran seems to want to do, loads of money, we uh, we would be able to have some sort of outsized influence and bring these poor countries, you know, into the into the warm and shining light of democracy. Has that happened? Is Russia any more liberal? Is China? Is Saudi Arabia? No. 
quite frankly. Absolutely not. Be it as it may, you know, global competition may result in BAA systems moving elsewhere. And that would be a crying shame for the people who would be left behind. But let's not beat around the bush. The coronavirus crisis already mandates that we're going to have to have the biggest transfer of jobs and skills in this country we may have ever seen, let alone to talk about the climate crisis. Why should that not include jobs that are actively predicated on the murder of civilians as well as any other industry? Okay, uh, just the last thoughts from you, Kieran. Obviously, you've been slightly outnumbered in this debate. Any final thoughts for you before we uh, before we round up? Um, yes, I suppose that um, VA systems not only supply, obviously, the world, but they supply our military. So uh, with projects like the F-35 Lightning, um, so it would also be a, a loss to our military and our defence um, if they were to just simply disappear like you seem to want so interesting a, a geo-economic point to, to to finish on well that's all we have time for this week on poi podcasts you've been joined by max kieran evan and myself we'll see you next week